Nina, when I think about how how the enemy attacks us, I think about the verse that talks about Satan coming to kill, still, and destroy. And as I evaluate how that looks in, in our daily lives, in our modern American lives, it makes me think about the lies that we probably listen to and the lies we might even believe. Mm-hmm. Have you ever come under attack that way where you know that the enemy's coming after you with those lies? And, and if so, would you mind telling us a little bit about that? You know, that's that's what he does is he takes even a truth and twists it into a lie to make us maybe stumble or fall into sin. You know, he doesn't uplift us. He he tears us down. And so when I think about thoughts that I have about certain things with maybe even my parenting or my even homeschooling is a big one where I feel like I get attacked a lot. I have to combat those those thoughts with God's truth because God's truth is there to help us and encourage us, equip and edify. The enemy is coming to tear down and destroy, just like that verse said. To kill, to steal and destroy, those aren't like passive verbs. Those are active, aggressive verbs. And I just want us all to be thinking as we're as we're talking about this episode, if you're listening to this episode, this is a this is an, an attack on you, on your family, on your marriage, on your kids. The enemy, Satan, is coming after us with these lies. Now, the good thing is, though, is that we do have truth. And we've talked about truth a lot on our podcast, that God's word is truth. And I want to read a proverb. Proverbs 14.21 says, A truthful witness saves lives, but one who breathes out of lies is deceitful. I want to make a quick contrast from how the enemy acts in his deceitfulness and his lies. Titus 1-2 says, In hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages begin. So where the enemy's trying to kill, still, and destroy, to take away life, to bring about death in his deceitfulness and his lies, God says, I bring eternal life and truth. And friend, if you're if you're struggling through something today, I really hope that this message meets you where you're at. This is something that Nina and I need to work through every day because yeah. he's coming after us. He's coming after our thoughts and our families and and just who we are in Christ. And as we talk about this, this idea that the devil is a liar, please be praying for our family and we want to be lifting up your family as well as we all are feeling those attacks from the enemy. Hey friends, welcome to the Encourage Inspire podcast. My name is Nina. And I am Nathan, and as we've already talked about, we're going to talk about how the devil is a liar. He is deceitful. He brings about these twisted truths, and he makes us believe things that aren't really true. And we're just going to talk about this generically, and we're going to be preparing over the next couple of podcast episodes to talk about specific lies that the enemy is trying to attack us with. Our passion is building faithful families. Thank you for walking alongside us as we share stories and talk about the lessons we are learning. Nina, I want you to think back through through all of your knowledge of Scripture and go back to the beginning book in Genesis. And if we're talking about how the devil is a liar, do we see that from the beginning? Or is that just something kind of sprinkled throughout? Or like, when do we first hear about him him lying? What, what story are you thinking about? I'm thinking of Adam and Eve in the garden. In the garden. It doesn't take very long for us to see his character who he is, what he's doing. And this starts in chapter three of Genesis. So in the third chapter of the entire Bible, we see the nature of Satan and how he he lies. So let's walk through this story. We have 
Adam and Eve, they've been created in this beautiful paradise. There is a, a tree in the middle called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God says, don't eat of the fruit of that tree. And they've been made in God's image. Like out of all the creation that he, he made, he made them in God's image. So perfect creation, experiencing perfect life made in the image of God. And there's one instruction, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So then Satan comes up. Some people would say the, you know, the accuser comes up, but an accuser comes up and starts talking with Eve. Do you remember the account? What comes out to you from, from that situation? The big thing that, that I think stands out to me is when he talks about like they are going to be like God if they eat from, if they eat the fruit from this tree, they'll be like God and they'll know like good and evil. And, but they've already been made in the image of God and, but he's trying to make them like on the equal playing level as God. So the same pride issue that Satan had with God, that's what they're being tempted with. Right. Now, it, it's curious to me that, that Eve says something. She says, well, we can't eat of the fruit, which is the command of God. But she also adds, but we can't touch it either. But God didn't say that in the account as best I recall. Right. So she's already kind of mixing things up a little bit. So then the serpent comes in and goes, did God really say that? Kind of putting doubt, yeah. you know, taking a little bit of the truth, twisting it up a little bit, and then throwing doubt on what God says. That sounds like the enemy to me. Sounds like the enemy. So this is happening all the way in Genesis 3. So friend, if you're going, well, the enemy's only attacking me, the enemy's only gunning for me and my family. No, this is this is his historical behavior. This is what he has done and what he continues to do throughout all time. And we're not immune from it, and neither was Jesus. Jesus walked perfectly. He didn't fall into sin through through Satan's attacks, but he still was attacked by the enemy. I also want to bring up 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. Would you mind reading that for us? Sure. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So Satan showed up as a serpent, in Genesis, he shows up as an angel of light. So why why is that interesting? And why would the Bible point that out, that Satan shows himself as an angel of light? I kind of wonder if it goes back to when he was that angel in heaven, he wanted to be more powerful than God. He wanted to take God's place in a way. So he had that original design to be an angel, but now, now he has fallen and and wants to disguise himself like an angel so that people will follow him. It's intriguing to me, if you think about a lie, there is this often a appearance of beauty. Like there's there's something on the other side that, that's enticing, or it, it seems to be like life would be better if the lie were true. And, and even back to the account with Adam and Eve, Eve said something similar to, or was thinking something similar to this, that that the fruit was desirous to be consumed. It was good to look at. It was good to consume. So in that lie with Adam and Eve, there was beauty, like a deception in the beauty with how Satan disguises himself as a, not just as an angel, but an angel of light showing up, being radiant, being uh, eye-catching. You know, it's, it's really intriguing to me that, that some lies appear to be you know, hidden where we, we hold it ourselves and we fill it in our shame. Some lies are just like up in your face and it looks good, but it's empty. Mm. I think I think that's the thing is that he appears that way 
as an angel of light. But the difference is when when you follow that angel of light mm-hmm. and his deceptiveness, then it always brings death. We said before, it destroys, it kills, it doesn't bring life. So the shiny package doesn't deliver. Yeah. Like it's not. It's in, like you said, it's, it's empty. empty. Yeah. There's two more passages I want us to read about the character or about how Satan lives out this this false, deceitful nature. Would you mind reading from John for us? And then I'll read the second passage. John eight forty four says, You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So again, this is just reemphasizing everything we've talked about. A lying nature, murderous intentions, and, and those who are not of God the Father, they belong to the father of lies, mm. to the enemy. Mm. As we live out life, we also have to acknowledge that there are those who have been impacted by Satan in such a way that they're living out life the way he designed them to, not living out life the way God designed them to. And uh, I think that's an important call out. As followers of Jesus, as believers, we need to be making sure, A, we don't live in the lifestyle and the pattern of lies. Mm. And we need to be calling people away from that lifestyle and that pattern. Yeah. And then 2 Thessalonians 2.9 says, The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. When Satan is trying to do his work, he makes it seem beautiful. He makes it seem powerful. There are signs and wonders that are taking place. But the intention of those signs and wonders is not for edification. It's not for God's glory. It's not for building up people. It's so that those who see it and receive it will be deceived Mm. and they will experience death. So just all throughout scripture, this is who he is from the beginning till even today. This is who he is, who he has been, who he will be. And we really have a choice. Are we going to let those lies influence us? Are we going to let those lies control us? Or are we going to live in the power of Jesus Christ? And that's where we have to go is in that power. And we've got it. We have to hold on to truth. We have to take our thoughts captive and cling to the, the truth of the gospel of God's word. Yeah, 100%. So if you're out there thinking, no, no, I'm not susceptible. Well, first off, you're lying <laughs> because we're all susceptible. I think it's important not to only to see the character of, of Satan, but then how he starts working in people's lives when he starts drawing them in. And one example that comes to mind for me is the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And they sold a piece of land and they brought uh, a portion of that that uh, earnings. Earnings, or... yeah, earnings. The profit that they earned and they gave it to to the church. And, and basically what they said, their lie was, oh, we sold all of it. We're giving all of the money to you. And Peter comes and goes, no, you didn't. Hey, guys, this, this was your land. You could have given us part of it. You didn't have to give us any of it. Hmm. You just needed to tell the truth. Well, what's interesting, though, in this situation is that they, they must have schemed together because Ananias came first. And then the result of his sin, though, was God. He he was, was put to death. he was put to death right there. And Sapphira comes in later. They talk to her about that, and then 
she also lies and says the exact same thing that her husband had said. And so there had to have been some kind of communication between the husband and wife that this is what they were going to do and how they were going to handle that situation. And Acts equates this lie back to Satan. In Acts 5, 3, it says, But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? Again, it wasn't that they couldn't keep back the proceeds of the land. It was that they they made themselves look bigger mm. and better and in a better appearance in front of their peers, mm. when in fact it was a, it was a lie from the enemy. Mm. They they just were deceptive and they were filled with, with the lies of the enemy. Would you mind reading Second uh, Corinthians 4.4? 4? In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So first we have Ananias and Sapphira who are, are lying to believers. You know, this deceptive nature just generally applies to all unbelievers. Mm. I think of verses that, that talk about how the Bible is foolishness to those who don't believe. Mm. And the reason why it's foolishness is because they're believing a false truth mm. and, and air quotes around that truth. Right. You know, a false truth is a lie. Right. But they're being fed something that they believe to be true that has no eternal purpose. Mm. And so as we think about this nature of Satan, his, his job is to deceive the masses and keep them from focusing on Christ. Yeah. The kingdom of God brings life, eternal life. The deceptiveness of Satan brings death and eternal death. Like, I mean, you know, separation from God forever. Yeah. I think that's why it's so important to make sure that we are proclaiming truth to ourselves daily, but then also speaking that truth to others because they're being told a lie that brings eternal death. Yeah. So, Nina, in that last verse that we talked about, we see how this impacts unbelievers. And and I don't want to be so... Um, prideful or boastful to say, well, I can't be impacted by it as well. Mm. There, there's just a general danger to how the enemy comes and attacks. So there, there's two verses that, that we wanted to read to, to talk about this danger of the enemy's lies. Would you mind reading both of those verses? So 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3 says, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. These are people who have known the truth, mm. that the concern is for them who have known the truth, that they'd be pulled away from, from what's right, from what's good, from what brings life. And it's the cunning. And, you know, cunning is a, I kind of have a negative connotation with it. It involves this, this smartness or this intelligence that, that comes with a deceptive nature to it. Yeah. So we have to be on guard because the enemy is, is cunning in nature, not just foolish deception but calculated and articulate and you know have have you ever heard a thought in your mind and, and went did i did yeah why I think did i that? why did i even think that that doesn't sound like something i would think about that's definitely not in god's word but why did that come to mind and mm-hmm. it's that cunning that that manipulation of of truth that sharing of partial truth and that's how he's attacking us and coming after us and I think that when those thoughts do occur, we immediately have to, just like the scripture says, take it captive, but then focus on a truth from God, mm-hmm. you know, not not a deceitful um, lie from the enemy. Yeah. 
Also, we have 2 Timothy 2, 26, and it says, And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So this is the exact opposite of the prior verse you read. That first verse is being right, being pulled into the deceit and the lie. But as believers, we have this opportunity to walk people out of the pit of lies. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of brothers, sisters in Christ. I'm thinking about friends and family that, that we, we need to love them so much that we walk alongside them as they're battling in the lies to pull them out of the snare, to pull them out of the trap and, and live life to the fullest. Now, I'm not saying life's going to be perfect and easy. Right. You know, as we engage the enemy, life gets challenging and tough. But do we live in the lie or do we live in the truth? Mm -hmm. I just, I know so many people, we all struggle with this. It's, my heart breaks thinking that there's so many people living in the lie today. Mm. Yeah, I agree. So the next thing that comes to mind is what are we going to do about it? If yeah, we have, how are we going to defeat it? How are we going to defeat it? How, well, how are we going to let God work in our life to yeah, defeat it? Yeah, definitely, because we can't do it on our own. hundred percent, hundred percent. If you think you're going to make it on your own, friend, that's another lie. Mm. If you think you can do it without community, God's people being around you, if you think you can do it without the Holy Spirit guiding you and leading you, that's another lie. Mm-hmm. But, but how do we defend against it? What does What does God's Word say about defending against the lie, against the deceit? Any thoughts on that? There are several thoughts on that, but um, one way to defend um, Paul talks about in Ephesians is to put on the full armor of God. Mm-hmm. And so, and then he goes through what what each piece of armor does and how it protects us. But the thing that's sticking out to me from those verses is those fiery darts. Mm. It's those fiery darts. Like that that's the only that's the only thing mentioned that wasn't a part of the armor that that seems military like. Mm. You know, we're putting on the armor, but there's this enemy throwing the fiery darts at us and and in part it's it's the attacks, it's the lies. A military soldier would have to he'd have to put on his armor bef- before he went out to battle. Usually that's what they would do. Mm-hmm. And so and then the d- fiery darts come. You know, but that's not always the. If we're not putting on the armor of God, where where are the fiery darts going to go? They're, well, we're defenseless. Yeah, they're, and we're going to be attacked, or we'll, we'll feel the impact of the attack even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there any verses you think would be an encouragement to um, our listeners today? Yeah, let's uh, let's read John fourteen six. Jesus said to him, "I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." So again, we're going to contrast enemy lying killing, stilling, destroying Jesus, the way, the truth. The truth is the is the counterpart, the um, the better half of the lie. Mm. And and that comes in Jesus. And that comes through his word and and that's supported by his people and by by living in the spirit. And such an encouragement that no matter what we're thinking today, Jesus is still the way, the truth and the life. Mm. No matter what lie I could potentially be living in today. Jesus is still the way, the truth, and the life. That stability and that assurance is is incredible. And it brings hope mm. and peace to our life uh, when we can stay in that and live in that. It doesn't mean that nothing bad's going to happen or that we're not going to um, not have any of those fiery darts, but I just think about the price that he paid for us on the cross 
the enemy came and deceived Eve mm-hmm. and then brought sin into the world. But Christ's action brought us eternal life, you know, the forgiveness of sins. And doesn't it also bring about this this change of worldview if we if we choose to live in it? You know, being a follower of Jesus Christ, being a disciple of Christ, you have to change your worldview. Mm. And so you know, we go from a situation, a scenario where everything's bleak and hopeless, and you look, you know, imagine being the disciples and going, we just lost it all, not mm. realizing that God used used what happened to Adam and Eve and had a plan for it before time began. Mm. And now because of, of his good works and because of the things he has done, we don't have to live in the hopelessness. We don't have to live in the deceit. We don't have to be sons of, of the devil. Mm. We get to be children of God. There's there's a way, there's a plan, and that is relieving. Mm-hmm. Uh, like yeah. more, more than relieving. I can't think of a better word right now, but just f- freeing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and that's what he says. Like, he sets us free. But there's bondage in the lie, mm-hmm. right? So like if, if I'm having, babe, if I'm having a bad thought about you, if the enemy comes and attacks me and goes... It just starts feeding me lies about you, mm. what you're thinking about me, what how how you're how you're loving me or not loving me based on my perception. If he starts to infiltrate our marriage and is feeding us lies, isn't it crazy how that breaks down our relationship and, and the good things that God wants for us oh, and yeah. is designed for us? And it can happen so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, defending a lie is not a one and done kind of thing, a checkbox. This is a daily reminder as we feed ourselves with God's truth as the Holy Spirit works in our lives. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Are there any other verses you think would be good for thinking about our defense against the lies? Yeah, let's let's talk about Second Timothy three, sixteen through seventeen. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. Now, we referenced this verse, I believe, in episode 24, 25, <laughs> when, when we talked with Pastor Adam about mm. what is God's word. And we didn't really specifically talk about um, this verse in this context, but like, again, pulling God's word into our life. Mm-hmm. Now, now, I'm not saying just reading it and saying, good job, Nathan, I read my Bible today. Checkmark. Yeah, not not checkmark mentality. Like taking it in, pulling it into our heart, filling it in our minds, and and just being engulfed and, and overwhelmed even by the word. Like digesting it. Mm, and, and keeping it close. Mm-hmm. Engaging with it, you know, even in prayer as we as we read it, even praying those praying truths back to God. Mm. Yeah. I think I think that's Another way to defend the lies is just to pray what God has already said. So we know we have a defense. That's good to know. Right. We're done without the defense. So so friend, if you're if you're at that edge and you're going, the lies are too big, my life is too wrecked, that is that's the enemy. And God is saying, Come back, child. Come back to me. Come back to the truth. Come back to the way, the truth, and the life. Put on the armor. I, I have armor for you. Put it on. <laughs> well, and don't forget, he gave us the Holy Spirit, and mm-hmm. we have the Holy Spirit in us to to help us. And so if we're not engaging in God's word, 
it's going to be hard for, like, that's not going to be one of the first thoughts we come up with is God's word. Mm. You know, if we're not in truth, we can't reject lies mm. and then proclaim truth. And so the Holy Spirit is our helper, our, our counselor, our guidance, but we have to interact with the word of God in order for the Holy Spirit, not that he can't do a work in us. He can do, he can do it if we're not engaging, but in God's word, but we're going to be more susceptible to fall if we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our our life as we engage in God's Word. I want to be very cautious. I want to first and foremost uh, reaffirm everything we've said about the devil is a liar. He comes about to kill, still destroy. He's not afraid, embarrassed to use deceitfulness, false signs and wonders mm. to gain attention, to gain your ear, to influence you. But there is this aspect of our personal nature, our selfish desires that sometimes walk parallel with the enemy's lies in such a way that we kind of feed the lie. Mm. Because because my fallen nature, I like that shiny angel of light promise. I like what the lie promises for me, but will never give me. So as I'm walking in parallel in sinfulness Mm. with selfish desire, I'm more susceptible to the lie. What, is, what does the Bible say about our own desires and how that impacts us as we think about those lies? So in James, he talks about this. And so he says in 1 verses 13 through 15, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. There's something in us, in our nature, that that makes us susceptible to these lies. And it's just that reminder of what's our defense. Are we trying to defend ourselves within our own abilities? Are we running to God? What is our truth? Are, Are we making up our own truths in our own mind? Are we hearing the lies of the enemy and redefining truth? Are we finding truth in God's word? Yes, 100%, the enemy's tempting us. He's trying to deceive us. But at the end of the day, are we taking steps and actions to to stand against that and allow Christ to make us new, Hmm. redeemed, new creatures? Yeah. And and what's our role? Mm -hmm. Walking in the spirit, not in the flesh. You know, and I was also thinking that our culture impacts that as well. Like, I I think Satan works through cultures. He has different ways of infiltrating cultures to to try to deceive people, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Nina, as we kind of think practically, I don't know if that's the right word, but as we think practically about how the enemy's attacking, I think there's three broad categories that you could probably put almost any lie into. And I'm not saying this is exhaustive of all types of lies, but something that comes to mind for me is that the enemy will tell us lies about who God is. Mm. The enemy tells us lies about who we are, and the enemy tells us lies about how to interact with other people. Broadly speaking, do you think that covers most of it? I mean, that that covers all our relationships with other, you know, human beings and then with God. You know, even our understanding of ourselves. Yeah. So, So you go back to Genesis 3, did God say not to do that? You know, if you did do that, life would be better. Maybe God doesn't love you enough doesn't want you to be like him. So like already from the beginning, we see Satan attacking who God is Mm -hmm. and what God desires for us. Yeah. 
Definitely. Now, now what about on our side, hearing lies about who we are? We have teenage daughters. Yeah, I mean, even what they think about with their body or how other peers view them. There's so many different thoughts that go into, I think, all teenagers' minds. You know, not just our kids, but... (laughs) But you know what? Sometimes, as adults, we still struggle with those things. Oh, definitely. Am I smart enough? Am I able? Would anybody ever love me? And we're going to talk about some of these big lies in, in upcoming podcasts, but those are just questions that, you know, any given day, one of us, any of us, the enemy's coming after us and attacking us with that. I don't know. I was just thinking about also how a lot of times, I don't think everyone is a people pleaser, but we, I think almost everyone wants someone to like them, right? Like they want to be liked and, you know, we are made for relationships. And so I think Satan though uses those lies that we were just talking about to make us feel isolated Mm -hmm. And and pull us away from community and you know other people aren't experiencing this. That's, you that's know, I guess lie. I guess that I'm getting into what no, a lie no. is. But no, that's good. Yeah, I think that's that's very common. When you think you're alone, you don't know how to handle your shame mm. because you know when you're able to live in community and, and in right relationship with other people, you don't have to bear that burden on your own. Yeah. I think there's two there's two extremes on that. Maybe we're we're overstepping something we will we'll talk about in a future episode, but you know, avoiding running away from a problem or just feeling shame from from a historical past. Those yeah. are both ways that the enemy's trying to attack us in our relationships and how we interact with other people. Yeah. I mean, I think even on things I've asked for forgiveness for, Satan will come in and kind of plant doubts again in my mind yeah did he did Did he really save you did he really forgive you on that because you really right with god right now yeah i mean i think that he's that i mean he is just relentless that's yeah that's the word i was wanting like he just keeps coming after us and pounding us um because he wants us not to walk with the lord he doesn't want us to be in truth Another lie, and, and we'll probably talk more about this and, and flesh this out later, but doesn't God just want me to be happy? Does it matter who I love? Does it matter how I love? Mm. And you know, as we as we look at God's plan, his good plan for our life, we see people all around us who are living in variations that are not God-honoring, mm. that, that have elements of truth, small elements of truth, but do not match up with how God has designed us to live out life. And as we live out and interact life in, in you know, in our workplaces and our families and our lo- love relationships, we see how the enemy is, is redefining what God says to be true to pull people into the, the deceitfulness. And I think when I mentioned culture, like I think you kind of hit on what I was trying to explain with culture is that he's throwing in lies, redefining what truth is for each culture around the world, but they're all lies. It just affects certain cultures in certain ways because of how you live out life with other people. And I think to, to maybe compliment or to, to continue mm-hmm. what you're saying is that every culture has certain weaknesses mm-hmm. that other cultures might not have. Mm-hmm. And so he knows where to target yeah. cultures, communities, families, individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he knows the, the breaking point at each level. Yeah. Now, something I want to, uh, to leave as an encouragement as we think about these mm-hmm. three levels of 
of aspects of life where the enemy's attacking us, um, what we believe about God, what we believe about ourselves, and and how we interact with other people. There's an amazing ministry called Freedom in Christ. Mm, yeah. And when we did the Freedom in Christ ministry and we worked through all the material, there were these I am statements. Now, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nathan and Nina don't say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But we can say, I am a child of God. Mm-hmm. I am redeemed. I am loved. And so in the the notes of, of this podcast, in the description of the notes, we're going to put a link to the I am statements that the Freedom in Christ ministry highlights. As the enemy comes and attacks you personally, your identity, we want you to have scripture-based God um, filled I am statements to fight the enemy with. Yeah. So please review that in in the description or the notes of, of the podcast. Yeah, it really is helpful. And sometimes we have to just keep saying it over and over, you know, until we actually believe the truth over the lie. I want to come back to something you said earlier where you were talking about how how God desires to edify and how the enemy desires to tear down. Mm. This, this is one test I try to use in my life. If I hear a statement, if I hear a quote-unquote new truth, I want to evaluate it to figure out what the, the end result or the end desire is. If there is a situation where I hear something and I go, that's hard to accept, but the end result is to bring me back in relationship with my wife, my family, my God. It's edifying me. It's lifting me up. It's building me up. It's bringing me closer to people that God wants in my life. And to God. And to God. If I hear something and there's this uneasy feeling about, okay, that sounds good, but why am I going to be further away from Nina? That sounds good, but why am I going to be distanced from my friends? That sounds good, but why do I feel far away from God when I think about this? So it's it's not the pretty packaging. It's not the flowery words, but it's the intent of the message. And I think when you said that earlier, that was something that I, I quickly jotted down. I was like, I want to talk about that again. Mm. Do you kind of have the same filter or or do you think about it differently? We still have to be repentive of sins that we commit and, and ask for God's forgiveness, but we have been justified. We, you know, we have been declared right in front of God now. Because of the work of Jesus. Because of the work of Jesus and nothing else. There's nothing I can do to be right with God. Because of that, he, he doesn't bring shame on us. That's the result of our sin. But he will bring correction. Yes. And but, correction can be hard. Yes. But what's the point of the correction? The correction is the restoration, not the division. Yeah. And so like if, if I'm wanting to pull away from God and not, you know, and not seek that restoration, then I, I need to evaluate what's going on. What's Am I, is there a lie that I've, I'm listening to? Mm-hmm. And, and that's something I appreciate about you when, when there's something I'm struggling with, you'll just call it out and say, it sounds like, you know, you have guilt for, for this, but it's not, that's not coming from God. That's, you know, coming from the enemy. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. We have to find people in our life that can speak truth into our life that can speak truth in a way where we don't get defensive about it, but take it as an opportunity to grow closer to God and to grow closer to God's people. As you were talking about that, it, it makes me think of of the progression of how the enemy attacks. Mm-hmm. A lot of times uh, how I see it, and maybe, maybe I'm a little bit off. I think generally speaking, I'm, I'm 
in the right direction, but he goes after an individual first. If he can't take the individual down, he starts attacking important relationships. So in our case, if the enemy's coming after me and he can't get to me, I'm staying strong. What do you think he's going to do next? Where's he going? To me. He's going after you, right? Because now if he can put this this doubt between us, he wears me down, he wears you down. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Now there's a wedge in our in our marriage. Yeah, and so he, he, he's achieved what he wants. He's, he's sowed the sea of deceitfulness, and it's starting to grow mistrust between us. Mm. Now, now, what happens, though, if... If he can't get you and I in our marriage relationship, where have you seen him traditionally go next? He's going to start attacking our kids. Or, oh, I, I, I mean, if you don't have kids, he's going to be attacking loved ones family, or yeah. someone or fam or friends even. So uh, just to reiterate, friends, in a married context, I think I, I personally have experienced this. I think this is legit. Uh, the individual, the married relationship or, or the engaged relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend relationship, uh, children, if you have them, and then extended family and, and friends. And you know what? It's, <laughs> it's hard to see people you love be attacked because of how you're trying to stand against the enemy. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about you and I being prepared for this as individuals, as a couple, but preparing our kids to learn how to fight against the lie. Yeah. Because they will live a lifetime of attack, but are they putting on the armor of God? Are they living in the spirit? Are they engaging in God's word? Do they know how to, to live in, in the fortress of Jesus Christ? I hate to see them attacked, but even more so, I would hate to go. I'd never prepared my family mm. for what the enemy's trying to do in their life. And, and, and with that, um, I was thinking also when we were talking about the enemy being an angel of light. You know, the scripture also talks about how we we have to test the spirits. And so we have to test it to see, is this is this of God or is this, you know, something the enemy is trying to uh, make me go off path for? Yeah, that that's a great transition to the next thing I, I wanted to talk about. Let's just think about some very practical next steps for somebody who feels the attack of the enemy. First and foremost, we have to acknowledge, and it might even be really good for for people listening today to say this out loud after us, just say the devil is a liar. Mm. Like you have to to know your enemy. If you're you're going to battle, you need to know your enemy. So friend, it may feel funny that you're repeating after me, but just right now say the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. We have to know our enemy. Now, what I liked about what you just said is we know the devil is a liar. Now, when we hear these things... When we think these thoughts that don't seem to be right, we have a a testing mentality. That's mm-hmm. from scripture. Test the spirits, test the thoughts. We have to know truth to be able to do that, right? Yeah. In in order to know what is a lie, we have to know what is truth. And if you don't know, just start just be in God's word and he, you know, this the Holy Spirit will guide you even in, in his word so that you can start combating some of those lies that are that the enemies, those fiery darts that the enemy is throwing at us. Yeah. The, the next step I would advise is start confessing. Mm. Start acknowledging uh, the lies that you have believed in the past that you know now are not true. And even acknowledge those strongholds in your life that, that the enemy wants to, to keep in your life to keep you from victory. So so we, we acknowledge who the enemy is. 
we, we listen and test um, every thought and every word we hear. We start to confess you know, our and con- own lies. Yeah, well, and confession brings about healing. Mm. You know, when we confess that, when we confess those things, you know, that's that's the whole restoration process is that God brings healing through that. Yeah. Because we've we've addressed it now. We're not hiding behind a lie. Well, that was the the next oh. thing I wanted to bring up is is that healing comes as we as we ask for forgiveness. Hmm. God, this is this is my stronghold. This is the lie I've believed. Forgive me of it. Mm-hmm. There there is healing when we when we ask for forgiveness. Now, uh, probably uh, something we need to talk about in another episode is the enemy will say you don't deserve to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve to experience healing. You don't deserve to know God's joy and peace. But God says, you know, come to me, mm-hmm. ask for forgiveness. Now, I want to take something that like our five-year-old would do if you said, hey, Noah, have you done anything wrong? Ask for forgiveness. He might go like, God, please forgive me. Where our older kiddos would go, God, please forgive me for this. And please forgive me for this. When, when we're confessing and when we're asking for forgiveness, I think there's an importance in in acknowledging and verbalizing what we're actually asking for forgiveness for, not yeah. just blanket statements, but being very specific. We we heard a pastor, uh, Dr. Marshall, one time said, I'm sitting before God. I'm in God's presence. I'm asking God for forgiveness. And when I get to the end of what I remember, I ask God to remind me of one more thing that I haven't asked for forgiveness for, that I'm not in right relationship. So as you're asking for this forgiveness, it's okay to say, God, through your Holy Spirit, reveal these things to me mm. so that I can I can release the lies, mm. so I can get rid of them. Yeah. And finally, as a last practical step, just pray, <laughs> pray, pray, pray against the enemy and pray for God's truth to be meaningful in your life. And pray for the people around you. hundred mm, mm. percent. One final thing I kind of want us to talk about before we end. I don't think the lies come the same way every time. I think the lies are, are personalized for each of us because the enemy has studied us over time. Right. He knows our weaknesses. But I don't think the lie is always communicated in the same volume. Mm. And what I mean by that is sometimes the lie is a quiet voice. It almost sounds like your own thought or your own mind speaking something. And sometimes it's a loud accusation, just bold and in your face and aggressive. Any final thoughts for our our listeners as they they kind of figure out how they, they defend against those two different kinds of attacks? Because, you know, when it's a quiet voice, I, I might... I might not realize how big it is. I think if we go back to what we were saying earlier about testing the the spirits, t- and what I said earlier too is take those thoughts captive. Sometimes we don't realize it in the moment, but if we can get familiar with, or at, maybe ask questions, is that my thought? And and start asking some questions about why am I thinking that and and seek out the Lord in that area so that he can help you defeat the enemy's lies, whether it's a soft, quiet... Um, whisper? Yeah, whisper. Well, see, I think I think of God as, you know, in the scripture, he's my still small voice. Like, but that's different than... I, I'm not, I'm not saying lie. that... I'm not saying that a small whisper is a lie or that it's truth. Mm. We need to be 
we need to be ready and on guard to know which one it is or which one the loud voice is in our lives. Yeah, and just maybe just question who that is, why it's being why it's being said. And for what purpose? Yeah. Um is it to is it to uplift us, to edify us, to bring us into right relationship with the Lord and with other people? Or is it to tear us down, make us um run from from people in our life or from God, you know, what, what's the, or to bring death. Mm, yeah. It's, it's heavy stuff. I think more though than thinking on the things of, of the enemy though, is just, is running to truth mm. and, and yeah. filling your, filling your heart and your mind with truth so that when those accusations come or those temptations come that we are we're ready. We're we're ready to, to to block them and to repeat truth over a lie. Yeah, as you mentioned earlier, every great lie and and great I'm being facetious about, but the best lies have have a little bit of truth in it. Mm-hmm. We have to run to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We have to run to Him as the way, the truth, and the life, so we can act out against and fight back against the lies. Yeah. Hey, friends, over the next few podcasts, like we had mentioned already, we're going to start unpacking specific lies. We wanted to take the time today to lay a foundation of what the enemy is about, lay a foundation of of how lies impact us. And in essentially, we're kind of laying this this theology, how we view lies in regards to how we view God. Mm. And, and we're just laying that basic foundation. So please tune in. I'm going to put our, our contact email in the description as well. If there is a a lie that you hear over and over in your life that you want us to talk about or or address, please please send an email to us, and we'd love to, to add that to the list of things that, that we hope to talk about. We really appreciate that you all are listening to our podcast as we talk about different life lessons that we're learning, but in particular today with who the enemy is and what his character is, but then more importantly, mm. how do we combat that with God's truth and God's way and, and being in, in relationship with the Lord. So uh, we appreciate that you listen to us and we just hope that you have a blessed day. Amen. <laughs> have a great day. We'll talk to you later.